and we will read from verse 7 to the end of the chapter. قراءتنا من خروج ومن الإصحاح 33 ومن العدد 7 إلى نهاية الإصحاح. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it outside the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was outside the camp. And it came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door, and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spoke unto Moses face to face, as a man speaks unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I might find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up from here. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious unto whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, when my glory passes by, that I will put thee in a cleft of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand, while I pass by, and I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Amen. Our reading was from Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33. Now, What happened in the preceding chapter is important, indeed, what happened in the preceding chapters. So, let's read from the beginning of chapter 32, uh, Exodus 32 and verse 1. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us, For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we know not what is become of him. 
Aaron said unto them, to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand, and fashioned it with an engraving tool, after he had made it a melted calf. And they said, These are thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early on the next day, and offered burnt offerings, and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink, and rose up to play. Very sad, very unfortunate, very sinful. Remember what these people had seen shortly before this time of which we of which we read and which we are considering. They had seen the power of God in the land of Egypt, the ten plagues. They had seen the Lord working at the Red Sea. In the wilderness, miracles continued. In chapter 15, bitter waters were made sweet. In chapter 16, manna came down from heaven. In chapter 17, water flowed out of the rock. And then, when they arrived at Mount Sinai, the Lord appeared to them in a special way. Exodus chapter 19, and beginning with verse 16, the third day, thunders, lightnings, a thick cloud upon the mount, the voice of a trumpet, exceeding loud, the people trembled, Moses led the people out of the camp to meet God. Mount Sinai was altogether covered with smoke. The Lord descended upon it in a fire. The smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain shook uh, greatly. This is the scene which they had seen just a short time before the passage which we read. Exodus chapter 24 and the beginning of the chapter. The Lord said unto Moses, Come up, you and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and seventy of the elders of Israel. You will worship from afar. Moses alone will come near. And afterwards, Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord has said will we do. And so, after the plagues upon Egypt, after the miracles associated with the crossing of the Red Sea, after the miracles in the wilderness, the miracles of uh, provision, after the Lord manifesting himself 
on Mount Sinai after the promise that they made in chapter 24. The promise to do the promise to do all that the Lord had commanded. After all these things came the worship of the golden calf with all sorts of accompanying sin such as what is mentioned at the end of chapter 32 and verse 6 they sat down to eat and they rose up to play. Now, with this as the background, with, with this as the context, look at chapter 33 and verse 14. The Lord said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. The first thing is to admire God's grace, is to admire God's mercy is to wonder that he would go with such a people, a people who had sinned in such ways, a people who had provoked him by their complaining at various times already, something that I did not mention earlier. And as a believer, I might ask myself, why should the Lord go with me when I have failed him so often? When I have sinned so often? Isaiah 48 and verse 9, For my name's sake will I defer mine anger, and for my praise will I refrain for thee, that I cut thee not off. Jeremiah 14 and verse 7, Though our iniquities testify against us, do thou it for thy name's sake. For thy name's sake. For our backslidings are many. We have sinned against thee. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 18, O my God, incline thine ear and hear. Open the, uh, uh, mine eyes, and behold our desolations, and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousnesses, but for thy great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake, O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. Why is it that the Lord should go with me when I am so imperfect, when I am so unfaithful, when I fail, when I fall, when I sin? The answer is, he will go with his children because of his name, because of his great mercy.
When Simon Peter saw it, Luke chapter 5 and verse 8, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook him. They forsook all, excuse me. They forsook all and followed him. And followed him. My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. Why does God speak to his children in this way? Not because I am worthy, but because he is a God of grace and mercy. Let's not forget another reason, another reason why God gave this promise. We could say that another reason that this promise was given was because of the intercession of Moses. Because of the prayer of Moses. Going back to chapter 32 and verses 31 and 32, Moses returned to the Lord and said, O oh, this people have sinned, the great sin, and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of the book which you have written. In this prayer, Moses offers himself as a sacrifice for the sake of the people. Why does the Lord go with the believer? Because there is the intercession, not of Moses, but of that great prophet who is like unto Moses. Because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 15. Moses said. The Lord your God will raise up unto you. A prophet from the midst of you. Of your brethren. Like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken. There is an intercessor. First John chapter 2 verse 1. My, uh, my little children. These things I write unto you. That ye sin not. And if any man sin. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. What will happen in the difficult times which we face? Where should I go? What should I do? I might say, I don't know. But the Lord doesn't say, I don't know. The Lord knows. The Lord knows. And the Lord promises, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Let's think of some things associated with this promise some blessings which accompany this promise. The Lord's presence with his people is an acknowledgement that they belong to him. Verse 16, Wherein shall it be known that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? 
so shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. God's going with his people, God's presence with his people, is a way of saying to all mankind, these are my people, and I am their God. This confirmation has its importance. Remember that the Bible tells us about the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that the Spirit dwells in the heart of the believer. Now, why is the Spirit present in the heart of the uh, believer? Well, in the heart of the believer, the Spirit exercises more than one ministry. Let me just focus on one thing. The Holy Spirit dwelling in the heart of the believer is spoken of in the Bible as a seal. Chitim. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed. Like they're sealing the windows. <laughs> Not exactly. Uh, sealed uh, with the Holy Spirit of uh, promise. Uh, who is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 22. Who has also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. So, the Holy Spirit in the heart of the believer, the indwelling of the Spirit, Several ministries, several things, several results, one might say, among them that he acts as a seal confirming that the believer belongs to God. Romans 8.16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, uh, with our spirit that we are the children of God. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 13, Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Is it important that God acknowledges his children, the believers, that God says, that they are mine. Yes, this acknowledgement is important. At times, I can be filled with doubts. At times, I can ask myself, am I truly God's child? God's presence with his children gives us assurance. Gives us assurance. Now, I'm not saying that the believer has at all times the same sense of God's presence. There are times when we perceive this presence more than at other times. More than uh, at other times. There are ups and downs in our perception of God's presence. 
but it is also true that God is present with his children. Where shall I go from your spirit? Psalm 139. My substance was not hid from thee. Uh, uh, Verse 17 of uh, Psalm 139. How precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. And when I awake, I am still with thee. When I awake, I am still uh, with, uh, uh, with you. God's presence assures the believer uh, that the believer is God's child. God's presence, my presence will go with you, protects and preserves. Think of the Red Sea and the crossing of the Red Sea. On one side was the sea, so the people could not run away in that direction. On the other side, Pharaoh, his army, uh, chariots and horses, no uh, moving in the other direction either. Remember that the people had no experience in war, no organization of any kind. Remember that they had no weapons. Remember that they were running away from Egypt, and that running away had so to speak, just started, and they were likely tired from walking long distances and carrying stuff with them. So what would happen uh, to them? Exodus 14 and verse 19, the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. The pillar of cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. It came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. It was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that one came not near the other all the night. The Lord took them through the sea. The Lord closed the sea upon Pharaoh and his armies. What prevented them from being attacked when they were in the wilderness? Did they have high walls? Did they have fortifications and barricades? Were they protected by the fact that they had nothing? In fact, it's not true that they had nothing. They left Egypt with considerable riches. They did not leave Egypt empty-handed. So what prevented others from attacking them? My answer would be the presence of the Lord. Now they were attacked once by Amalek in Exodus chapter 17. But remember what it says. Amalek came and attacked the rear end. Attacked those who straggled uh, behind. Those who were weak and far away from the front. And also remember how the whole matter of Amalek proceeded. Yes, there was that attack, but ultimately the people had the victory over Amalek, and God said he would have a war with Amalek from generation to generation, And that the time would come when he would wipe out the memory of Amalek from the earth. The Lord who 
preserves and uh, protects. Did we not cast three people into the midst of the fire? Yes, king. I see four men. They are not bound. They are loosed from their restraints. They are walking in the midst of the fire. They have no hurt. And the form of the force is like the form of a son of the gods. Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse 17. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. My presence will go with you. Acknowledgement. This people is my people. Protection. Guidance and direction. In a wilderness, it is easy to lose your way. The land is largely featureless. Now, if you're here in Lebanon, especially on the coast, one thing that helps you is that if you're standing in the coast, mountains to your right, sea to your left, you know you're facing north. That way would be south. But that's because you have the mountains and the sea. In a wilderness, you don't have uh, those things. I remember a children's story. Uh, one of the Tintin books. Uh, Jane has been a fan of them. Uh, where the two bumbling detectives, Thompson and Thompson, are in the desert. Uh, they're in the desert, and they come upon a set of tire tracks. And they say, now we know which way to go. <laughs> so they follow the tracks. And then, as they're going, more tracks join the original tracks. And they don't realize that they're going around in a circle and following their own tracks, the track of the tracks which they left themselves with the jeep which uh, they were driving. It's uh, it's uh, easy to get lost uh, in the wilderness. Uh, it's easy to get lost in the wilderness, and if a person is in a wilderness area and they get lost, that can be fatal in and of itself. In and of itself. Uh, there are no man-made markings which were there to assist them. Sign. 25 kilometers to Mount Sinai. That way. <laughs> How did they know the way? The pillar of cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, uh, led them. Psalm 107 and verse 7. He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with uh, mine eye. Isaiah 48 verse 17. Uh, Thus says the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. 
I am the Lord thy God, which teaches thee to profit, which leads thee in the way, the way that you should go. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse uh, 21. Your, uh, your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to uh, the left. The hymn writer says, all the way my Savior leads me. Isaiah 40 and verse 11, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and will gently lead those who are with young. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The Lamb which is in the midst of the throne, Revelation 7.17, will feed them and will lead them unto living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their uh, eyes. Now we must pray for this leading. We must seek it and we must listen as God uh, guides. One of the verses I read, Psalm 32 and verse 8, I'll instruct thee and teach thee. In the way which you will go, I will guide thee with mine eye. Be not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near uh, unto thee. As they entered the land of promise, the people had two problematic situations. Now, they fought many battles, but there were two situations where they had trouble. One was the defeat at the city of Ai. And another one was when the Gibeonites showed up and uh, deceived them. Told them, we are a people from a far place and uh, we want to form an alliance with you. In each case, there was no prayer. In each case, there was no seeking of God's will and God's uh, direction. My presence will go with you, confirming that we are God's children, preserving and protecting us, guiding us, and also allowing real fellowship with God. What did God command them to do? He commanded them to build a tabernacle, the tabernacle of the congregation. Now, the translation in Arabic is more expressive and perhaps better. The tabernacle of the congregation is the tabernacle of meeting, the tabernacle is a place of what? Is a place of meeting of God and man. A place of worship, yes, no doubt about it, 100% true, but also a place of real fellowship with God. Now, did they avail themselves of this opportunity and privilege as they should have? Well, if we consider their history, we would say, no, not as they should have. 
Amos chapter 5, verses 25 and 26. Have you offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness forty years, O house of Israel? But you have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch and Cheun, your images, the star of your God, which he made to yourselves. In other words, there were people who went to the tabernacle and they were supposed to be meeting God with their hearts. Instead, they were meeting God only with their hands and with their tongues. But that was their fault. That was their failure. That was a responsibility that was theirs and, that they dis- and which they did not discharge. Uh, Isaiah 29 and verse 13, uh, the Lord says, For as much as these people draw near to me with their mouth, and with their lips they honor me, but they have removed their heart far from me, and their fear of me is taught by the precepts of men. Some, many, did not benefit from the opportunity to have fellowship with the Lord. But, we are considering the opportunity which the Lord provides, which we should benefit from. That which was from the beginning, First John chapter 1 and verse 1 which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us, that which we have seen and heard. We declare to you, we are sharing the message of Christ with you for what purpose, according to First John chapter 1, so that you can have fellowship with us, And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus uh, Christ. What if God were like Baal? Remember Elijah making fun of the prophets of Baal? 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 27. Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is talking or he is pursuing or he is in a journey. Or perhaps he sleeps and must be awakened. Isaiah 48 and verse 35 tells us of the city of God. And it says the name of that city shall be the Lord is there. The Lord is, uh, is there. A city is a place where people gather and where that closeness can lead to uh, fellowship. In that city, the Lord is there. What do little children want? They want mommy and daddy. I remember babysitting one child. If her mother or her father went around the corner, she would burst into tears uncontrollably. (laughs) you try to console her and then you realize that what you needed to do was go around the corner and draw either her her mother or her father back to where she could see them. Uh, And then things would be okay as long as she was in contact. As long as she was in fellowship. What do we want? Is it not true that in our lives we benefit from, we desire 
we enjoy and seek the presence of friends and loved ones. The Song of Solomon, chapter 3 and verse 1, By night uh, on my bed I sought him whom my soul loves. I sought him and I found him not. John chapter 14 and verse uh, 18, the Lord Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. My presence shall go with you. We have these opportunities. We have these privileges. But we need to benefit from them uh, uh, ourselves. In order to be strong, I must rely on this presence. Uh, uh, I must uh, gather strength uh, uh, from, uh, from it. Matthew chapter 14, the disciples in the midst of the storm uh, on the Sea of, uh, of Galilee. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out with fear. Now, up to that point, the presence of the Lord Jesus was not having, shall we say, the complete impact that it was supposed to have. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Uh, Psalm 16. I have set the Lord always before me. I have set him before me. Now, the Lord is not a handkerchief so that I will set him before me. As if I have the strength to do that. But the truth is that he is there. I've set my eyes upon him. I've set my heart upon him. I have set my thoughts uh, uh, upon him. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Finally, my brethren, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his, uh, of his might. In the power of his might. From time to time on TV you get these programs. I'm a particular fan of these programs. Uh, where uh, uh, people talk about uh, the American space program. Uh, 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 all the things that uh, were done leading up to uh, the landing on the moon of Apollo 11, uh, 1969, and, and other journeys to the moon that followed uh, uh, in uh, the years uh, that, uh, that followed. And you get a small idea about the greatness, the vastness of this universe which God created, the work of his fingers. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The one who made the sun and the moon and the stars. The one who made this earth and the land and the seas. This is the power, the power of God's hand. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that believeth in me and liveth shall never die. Believest thou this? Do you believe 
in God's power? Do you believe that He will go with you? He has promised, and God is not a man that He should lie. And He has been tried and and found faithful. Hitherto has the Lord helped us. What did the Lord Jesus say again in John chapter 11? Said I not unto thee that if you would believe, you would see the glory, the glory uh, of, uh, of God. Should we grieve the Holy Spirit? Should we grieve our Lord? No, of course not. Yet even when I do that which is wrong, God is a God of grace. The older brother was angry and he would not go in. See the kindness, the tenderness of the father. Therefore came out his father to him and entreated him. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And it says in Numbers 10 and verse uh, 33, They departed from the Mount of the Lord three days' journey, and the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, the symbol more than any other part of the tabernacle and its furnishings, the symbol of the presence of the Lord. It says that the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord went before them, in the three days' journey, to search out a resting place for uh, them. To search out a resting place for them. The Lord Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden, my burden is light. Psalm 116 and verse 7. Return unto your rest, O my soul. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with thee. Jeremiah 6.16. Stand in the ways and see. Ask for the old path. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Sadly, that's not the end of the verse, but they said, we will not walk therein. We will not walk therein. Remember what the Bible tells us in John 13 and verse 23, that there was leaning on Jesus' chest one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. And the Lord loves all his children. Should we not, each and every one of us, as the Bible says in the Song of Solomon, be leaning upon our beloved and finding rest in his presence. My presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness and grace. We look upon the people and their waywardness and their sinfulness. And we are such a people as well, with the same waywardness, sinfulness, the same proneness to wonder. We thank you because you have dealt with us in your grace for your name's sake. We thank you because you promise that your presence will go with your people and will give them rest. We thank you because you confirm that the believer is your child. Because you promise to protect, to preserve, to guide. You promise that we can have fellowship with you. Draw nigh unto God, your word tells us. Acquaint yourself with him and be at rest. We thank you, Lord, that we can rest in you, in your love and truth and faithfulness, in your promises. Help us to know that your presence is with us. And that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Give your children rest as they look unto you and follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.